0: Aren't you glad that when you don't have a prayer, there's somebody out there? His name is Jesus, and he's able to meet each and every one of your needs today. Amen. Before we get into the word, I just wanna bring greetings from, from my home church, Even Light Tabernacle there in Minden, Louisiana, and from my pastor, Brother Tim Pruitt, and just so thankful to have this opportunity. You know, I, I was telling some of my friends this weekend, I've been visiting up here and, well, I was visiting Happy Valley um, every year since about 1999. Just every summer coming, I have so many friends here and it's just, it's, it's an incredible experience to stand here before you and here at Word of Life Church today. And um, I'm thankful to have my wife with me, Sister Lydia, and my my two oldest children, Aaliyah and Jude. I'm just thankful for this opportunity. It's it's such a wonderful thing. I've always had such incredible respect for Brother Donnie and and for, for the ministry that has stood the test of time here and has always stood for truth. And you ought to thank God every day for a pastor that stands and proclaims the truth in this day. It's wonderful to have that, and I, not only do I respect him and his ministry, but there's so many, men and women in this congregation who I've known to come to love and respect, and you know, there's no situation that's hopeless. There's no situation that's hopeless. I know many of you have probably heard that on um, Friday morning, I got the phone call that my dad had passed away, and. And um, I was already here, but the last time I spoke with my dad was Monday morning. And, and I sat there and he looked at me, you know, and his eyes had already turned towards eternal things. And he said, son, no matter what happens, he said, if this turns south from me, you do not cancel that trip. He said, you go do your job. So I went and told him my goodbyes Wednesday morning, knowing it'd be the last time I'd see him. He told me I loved you, and I, I told him I loved him, and... But talking about hopeless situations, in the last few months of his life, the Lord restored and did so many miraculous things in his life that so far exceeded physical healing that I can stand here today in peace knowing that he knows where he was going and I know where he was going. You know, my dad sat in church with me for many, many, many years, but that didn't mean I could look you in the eye and tell you I knew exactly where he was going. Come on now. He sat on the pew. Let me tell you about her restoration. I'm sorry, just let me testify for a minute. But Donnie, in the year 2000, my parents divorced. My, my dad divorced my mom. And I sat in the same church with my parents for 20-something years with one sitting over here and one sitting over there. But two months ago, God restored that marriage as they renewed their vows. And she was by his side every step of the way, all the way up to the crossing over. Don't you give up on your situation. Don't you give up on your loved ones. Don't you give up on that marriage. Don't give up on that lost son or daughter. It's never too late. It's never too late. There's somebody out there this morning. And he's working on your behalf. Don't ever give up on your situation. God bless you this morning, church. Returning to receive what we're going to speak on this morning returning to receive if you have your bibles and you'd like to turn with us to the book of isaiah chapter 44 pray you'll bear with me today as i I, I do have a a a, a lot of scriptures to read Uh, not not at the beginning but as we go through there'll be a lot of scripture reading thank you brother Isaiah 44, we're going to read verse 28 and then we're going to move down to Isaiah 45 and 1. It says, That saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Isaiah 45 and 1 thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two live gates the gates shall not be shut skipping down to verse 13 I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways he shall build my city and he shall let go my captives Not for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts." Can we pray together this morning? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, as we stand here before these people, Lord, it is very evident to us, Lord, our insufficiencies and our inadequacies, and we recognize, Lord, that we need you right now. Lord, we ask that you would just come and shut my mouth Lord, where you'd have me to shut it and speak through me, Lord, where you'd have me to speak. Lord, only you can come and take a sermon and break it apart in a way that it can meet the needs of this many people. But Lord, we've seen you do it time and time again, and we're asking you to do it again this morning. Lord, speak to your people. Feed on my I pray, Father. Take complete control of this service. Lord, we recognize the evil all around us, and we see, Lord, that we're at the blending of time and eternity And Lord, we just want to be ready and we want to be in our position, ready to receive that which we're called to receive, Father. Grant it now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may have your seats. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. I want to look for a little bit at at, at Israel and, and their captivity in Babylon and the return back to the homeland as it relates to the church down through the ages and her captivity in mystery Babylon. Because we know that Israel being a, being a type of the church. And we know that Israel had strayed away from God. And because of this they were exiled. And they were taken down to Babylon. And they would spend 70 years of exile here. Ju- just as Jeremiah had foretold that they would. This exile out of the homeland would have great effects on them as a nation. It would have great effects on their culture and it greatly would affect their worship. They made attempts to continue to worship how they had done in the homeland. Scholars actually believe that it was during this time of exile there in Babylon that synagogues were established and they did this so that they could hold services in in an attempt to worship the way they had done in the original, the way they had worshiped at the beginning. Services were held and holidays were observed there in the synagogues and they prayed here and and they practiced circumcision here and and the traditions of their religion was carried on in these synagogues there in Babylon. Now understand as we say these things the problem wasn't with their worship. They were doing the best they could where they were at with the truth that they had while in captivity. Even though they couldn't fully worship in, in spirit and in truth and, and even though they couldn't sacrifice in the temple, they were worshiping as best they could with what they had. But the issue came when it was time to go back. The issue came when there was an opportunity to be restored back to the original. The issue came because they no longer saw the need to be restored back. Second Chronicles 36, 23, it says, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you, all his people? Listen to the challenge now. Who is there among you, all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. Historians say that if they were to attach a percentage to it, perhaps those who actually left Babylon, which is now Persia, left Babylon and would go back would be no more than 10% of the Jews that were in captivity. Many believe that it was possibly as few as 5%. So at least 90% of the Jews who had been living in the Babylonian Empire against their wills now choose... By their own choosing, elect not to return to the original homeland. Think about it now. They have been given, no, no, look, they're there. And they had been given instructions while they were there to tarry. They had been given instructions to do the best you can while you're here. Jeremiah 29, 5 said, build your houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and, and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in peace thereof ye shall have peace. In other words, they had a prophet tell them that if you're planting your wheat, go ahead and plant your wheat. Go ahead and hoe your potatoes. You've heard it said, go ahead and plant your potatoes. But in the tarrying, they began to lose focus on the most important thing, that we're not supposed to stay here forever. In the tarrying, they lose focus that they're supposed to return to the place that they came from when they were taken captive. They lose focus because in verse 10 it says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. Now what place is he talking about? He's talking about the original homeland. The place that they were taken captive from. They're supposed to return to this place. But they've been caught up now in the tearing and now they're too busy to think about leaving They're too busy to think about Wednesday night service because jobs got them tied down. They're too busy going to this ball game and that ball game and this practice and that practice and this school thing and that school thing. They're not doing sinful things, but they're too busy in the tearing and they forgot that they're not supposed to stay here. They've lost focus on what their goal is. The goal is to go back. The goal is to leave. The goal is to return, but they got too busy they're too busy in the tearing too, busy. too comfortable in babylon oh lord help us That's it. That's it. too comfortable in laodicea Come on in, Come on in. Right, they had grown accustomed to a little bit of babylon mixed into their beliefs little bit of denominational thinking sprinkled in they got too accustomed and they didn't see the need for an acts 238 experience anymore They didn't see the need for an Acts 4 experience anymore. They said, you know, I can just accept God sent a prophet and stay right where I'm at. They became comfortable in the tearing. Just believe on the Lord. Just accept God sent a prophet. But God had come and provided an opportunity for them to go back an opportunity to move and i'm telling you when god says move you better move when god says go back and he opens the red sea you better go through it he says go back and when that comes you got to go all the way back you can't be like reuben and gad that got so caught up in the herds that they accumulated on the journey That they settled on this side of the Jordan. They got so many herds that these grasses look good. And they stopped. They said, we'll settle right here. But there's got to be somebody that says, no, I will not stop short. I won't settle for anything less than the promised land. I'm crossing over. I'm going all the way. All the way back. All the way back. All the way to my promises. Hallelujah. We can't stay here. You can't get comfortable here. Isaiah is writing this more than 100 years prior to Cyrus taking control of Babylon. He calls Cyrus the anointed of the Lord. He says, I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and he shall free my people. I think it's important that we come to the recognition, people, that God does things the way he wants to do things. He doesn't ask our opinion and what we think ought to be done and how things ought to be run. Come on now. We've got too used to a Burger King society. Have it your way right away. This ain't about your way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And when he lays it out in front of you, like I told the young people the other night, all you got to do is follow instructions. This is so simple. This whole thing is simple. Well, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. He laid out the instructions for you. I don't know what to do. Just read the instructions. Just do what you're told to do. It's his way. And if you take his way, you'll make it out of here. It doesn't matter how you expect things to happen. When you expect things to happen, God does things the way he wants to do it. Listen, God's in control no matter what we think. I know, I'm guilty. We all gripe about this leader and that leader and this president and that president and Uncle Joe this and, oh, come on. But as hard as it is for for us to accept this fact, the ones that are supposed to be in control are in control doing what they're supposed to be doing. Listen, they're bringing about an end-time condition. And us as end-time believers, why are we so shocked at an end-time condition? I'm saying, this, ain't this what's been foretold? Ain't this what we've believed? Ain't this what we've looked for all along? And people are getting scared and worried. We're not getting scared and worried. We were told it was coming. And we were told, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. This doesn't worry me. This confirms everything to me. It's going home time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. God chose Cyrus. a pagan, polytheistic king to set his people free and tell them, go back. You see, Cyrus being polytheistic, meaning he believed in many gods, he looked at this situation and thought, the more gods I can have favoring me, the better it is. So he wanted the favor of their God. God will do whatever he has to do. He'll move the people that he wants to move. And I'm sure there in that day, they were like, well, no, no, God's going to raise up a deliverer like he did with Moses. He's going to raise up one of our brethren, a mighty man. Nope. Cyrus. Cyrus was the anointed of the Lord. Same thing happens in the day of Jesus. They can't recognize him because they can't, that he didn't come the way they expected it. Oh, surely it's going to come from, you know, from, from this sect or that sect and Caiaphasis or welcome him in. Nope. In a manger, in a barn. God did it the way he wanted to do it. Hey, listen, if you got a problem with this message, let me remind you, God did it the way he wanted to do it. He chose the messenger. He spoke it the way he wanted it spoken. It's exactly the way God wanted. Well, I don't know about this, and I don't know about that. God didn't ask you. He said, this is my messenger. This is my message. It is vindicated. It is the truth. It is the way. Just accept it. God Surely it'll be this one. Surely it'll be that one. It'll, it'll be this great theologian. Nope. William Branham. That's the messenger. And we're not looking for another. Amen. God sent the message and it was delivered exactly the way he wanted it delivered. So he foretells in Malachi 4. Malachi 4:5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with the curse. It's prophesying of an opportunity to go back, to be turned back, an opportunity given to go back, an opportunity to to, to return to the land of the word, to the original land, to the faith of the fathers. The church had need to be turned back because it found itself down in Babylon. It had started free. It had started full of power there in Jerusalem. The spirit could move freely. The spirit could speak. They operated according to Mark 16. They operated according to James 5. There was no claims on that church. There was no false baptisms on that church. There was no false trinity doctrines on that church. Other false doctrines that down through the years that man put in, those things didn't exist. The the doctrines and the deeds of the Nicolaitans had not taken hold yet. It was a free church. It was God's church. It was how God wanted it. And let us be reminded, they were the pattern. They were the standard. They were the original. A few quotes here that you'll recognize from the church age book. He says, Pentecost was our pattern. No one will have to say but what that church was inaugurated, that the church was inaugurated on the day of Pentecost. Thus what the church was at Pentecost is the standard. That is the pattern. There is no other pattern. No matter what the scholars say, God has not changed that pattern. What God did at Pentecost, he has to keep doing until the church ages close. He says the true church, how many here is in the true church? You believe that? He says the true church will always try to be like the original at Pentecost. The true church of today will try to approximate that early first one. I believe Brother Branham makes it very clear here what the pattern is and what we are to attempt to be like. He even says they will try to approximate it. But what happened to that first church? Because even though they're the pattern, we don't want to repeat what they did. Sure, it's not a return to repeat. Because in repeating what they did, you go back into the ground. This church is not called to go into the ground. So what caused that first church? What happened to them? The same thing that happened to Israel as they began to drift. They began to follow after other gods. After the ideas of man, they began to drift and allow the ideas of man to rule in the church. Prophet says it like this, the fervent desire to please God, the passion to know his word, the cry for reaching out in the spirit, all began to fade. And instead of that church being on fire with the fire of God, it had cooled off and become a bit formal. Oh, please don't ever let that describe you here at Word of Life. No matter what they say about you, I'd rather them say that's a bunch of holy rollers over there than to be say they've become a bit formal. Don't ever let that be the description of this church. He said they've become a bit formal. Then that second generation coming on was just like Israel. They demanded a king to be like other nations. When they did that, they rejected God, but they did it anyway. That's the history of the church they let down the bars and goats come in and took over the cry of joy was gone the freedom of the spirit was gone oh they kept on with a form but the fire had died down and the blackness of ashes is all about that's left he says but as usual people don't heed God's warning the revival fire built upon the sacred word is so wonderful and the manifestation of the spirit so blessed That a little fear creeps in and a whisper in the heart says, how can we protect this truth we have? What can we do to see this revival goes on? That's when the Antichrist spirit comes in and whispers, you have the truth now. See that it does not get lost. How slick is he? That he uses the fear and the love of truth to ensnare you. The fear and the love that I don't want to lose this truth. This is a wonderful truth. And he comes in and whispers, says, you've got the truth now. Make sure you don't lose it. And right here is where the capture takes place. Right here is where the church goes down into Babylon the very moment they organized that first move. And yet even as the church began its journey back from the exile, Down through the ages, as a restoration of truth begins to come forth, even as God would send messengers down through the ages, that spirit kept working in the people to keep them from coming all the way back. Even though there was a restoration taking place, even when they came out of Rome, or even when they left Babylon, if he could keep them with that same denominational mindset, then he would still have a claim on the people he would still have a claim on that church and how would he do it fear of losing the truth listen the the revelation of justification was so special brother Donnie it brought such freedom the revelation of justification that you can be forgiven of your sins and the just shall live by faith it was a move of God and yet they came in and walled it up so tight they couldn't move any further. They said, we must protect this truth. And they couldn't go on to sanctification. And then the move of sanctification comes in It's such an incredible truth. It's so wonderful to be freed from worldly habits, to be cleaned out by the power of God. We must protect this truth. And they wall it up so much that they can't go anywhere else and they're stuck right there at sanctification. Other moves of God, the the move of Azusa Street comes and and the gifts are restored. Power of God pours out through a place. This is wonderful. This is the truth. And they wall it up so tight they can never go beyond tongues and accept anything else. And they're stuck right there. Oh, you ain't going to like this. But then God sends a prophet. And we say this is the truth. Don't lose it. And you wall yourself up so tight, you end up with more traditions than the denominations. And you can't go beyond God sent a prophet and actually walk in the message that He sent you to walk in. And you stop right there. You gotta move on. Keep going. Progress to what the message called you to be. Hallelujah. Don't wall yourself up. Keep going. You're called to return imagine Egypt imagine Israel sitting there in Egypt as everybody leaves Everybody marches out to the promised land and you sit there going God sent Moses Where are you bunch of fanatics going I'm staying right here on this truth that God sent Moses Stuck in captivity by a truth Hey, look, we got to be willing to move. We got to be willing to progress. You may have put blood over the doorpost. The angel, death angel passed over. And the next day, if you wouldn't leave, you were still a prisoner. Many people are stuck at the place of their last victory. Listen, if you were still dancing on the banks of the Red Sea a year later, you was left behind to the next victory. Move to the next place. Keep going. Keep walking. Don't get stuck where you're at. It may be a victory. It may be wonderful, but press on, church. Press on to more. Keep going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says the cry of joy was gone. The freedom of the spirit is gone. Oh, they kept on with the form. I don't want to focus too much on those that are still on the banks of the Red Sea because there's been a people whose hearts have been turned all the way back. There's a people that ain't stopping on this side of Jordan. There's a people that's going to go all the way in and possess the land. I believe I'm looking at some of those people tonight. Refusing to stop short of all the way Refusing to stop short of everything that's been restored How dare us God sends a prophet in this day and restores all the truth and we only want to take some of it Opens up all the word. We only want to take some of it. Lord. I want all of it I want all you can give pour it out Lord. I want all of it because I want to receive I'm returning to receive what you have for me in my life a return to the original a return to where our fathers worshipped. And how our fathers worshipped. Hallelujah. 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 Jeremiah prophesied that they returned back to the land of their fathers. The land of Abraham, the land of Isaac, the land of Jacob. He says, I will visit you and perform my good word in causing you to return to this place. And as we already read there in Malachi, the same thing. It's prophesied that one would come and turn our hearts back to the land of Peter, the land of Paul, the land of Stephen, the land of the fathers. And an opportunity arises by getting away from the first love. The church had drifted further and further and further. But God would send prophets and different servants down through the ages to keep hope alive that one day you're going to have the opportunity to go back. One day there's going to be a restoration. Malachi prophesied. Joel prophesied. Mm-hmm. Just like in captivity and in, in, in Babylon, that there was prophets that came and kept hope alive. But finally the return comes and it's more than a hope. The opportunity stares you in the face. Yeah. It's time to return. Time to go back. Time to rebuild. And a prophet comes on the scene with a message from the king declaring Bible truths. Declaring Bible doctrines. Telling you return to the original. You must have the token. Spoken word is the original seed. Only to find that Christians didn't want to go back. Only to find that they had become comfortable in Babylon. They didn't want Bible holiness. They didn't want real Bible sanctification. They wanted a form of godliness. Godliness. They were comfortable with worldly comfort, worldly entertainment. Most just didn't see the need. They had their religion. I've got religion. We've got our synagogues. We're we're worshiping the way people have always worshipped, and yet I don't have to give up this other stuff. Comfortable. But the king decreed that we could go back. The king puts forth a decree that we can rebuild the temple and have the same worship our fathers had. That we could rebuild the walls and have the same protection of the word that our fathers had. We know during this time that around 42,000 returned. Around 42,000. They came at different times under different administrations. But they were all under the consent of the current reigning king. Why didn't more come out? You ever think about that? The message makes so much sense. How can you not see it? How can you not see it? It's vindicated. It's obvious. It's right there. Why didn't more come out? Why don't more believe? How could they see vindication night after night after night and say, I'm good. I'll stay in Babylon. How could they declare Bible days are here again? How could they declare a prophet visits South Africa? How could they declare a man sent from God? That wasn't message believers saying that stuff, brother Dye. There was no message There wasn't churches like this. That was the denominational world, and they saw it and they heard it. Return to the original. Go back. Go back to the homeland. And they said, We're good. We're good right here. Why are you here when others stayed? Why are you here when others just can't see it? Ezra 1 and 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priest and the Levites, with all of them whose spirit God had raised to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. It's no accident you're here today. It's no accident that you're returning. It's no accident you're going back. The spirit of the Lord has called you. It has raised you up. It has chosen you. And something on the inside of you responds and says, yes, Lord, that's me. I don't know why they can't see it and why they don't hear it. But The spirit of the Lord is moving in me. It's no accident. Hallelujah. You've been called to go home. You've been called to return. There's a work that has to be done. Who's going to do it? You're going to do it. You're called to do it. You're called to the restoration. You're part of the restoration. We will not be stopped. This move cannot be stopped because it's not man's move. Man didn't start it. Man can't stop it. This is the move of Almighty God that says build my house. Restore the worship. Go back to the homeland. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: There's something driving you back. Their hearts were being turned to the faith of their fathers by the moving of the spirit. I will restore, saith the Lord. And the king begins to give back. Oh, I love this. The king begins to give back all that was stolen through the years of the Babylonian captivity. Ezra 1 and 7. Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put them in the house of his gods. Notice, it's things stolen from the original place of worship and being used for the worship of false gods. In other words, that yelling and screaming and shouting that they're using out there to worship their false gods was originally meant to be to worship the real, true, living God. Yeah, they're using it wrong, but it's okay if we put that back in its place today. He says, even those did Cyrus, king of Persia, bring forth by the hand of Mithridath, the treasurer, and number them under Sheshbazzar, the prince of Judah. And this is the number of them, 30 chargers of gold, a 1,000 chargers of silver, 9 and 20 knives. 30 basins of gold, silver basins of a second sort, 410 and other vessels, a 1,000. All the vessels of gold and silver were 5,400. All these did Sheshbazar bring up with them of the captivity that were brought up from Babylon unto Jerusalem. And the king says, these things belong in the house of God these were part of the original worship that is being restored and I want them put back in the worship where they belong these doctrines were robbed true baptism put it back Godhead put it back serpent seed put it back those things have been robbed I want them restored put back in the house of God If you're gonna worship how they worship, supernatural, put it back. Prophecy, put it back. Gifts working, tongues working, the movement of the spirit, put it back where it belongs, in the house of God, in the original worship. Hallelujah. It belongs to you. You have a right to it. It's yours and it's been returned today. Hallelujah. Freedom of worship was robbed. The laity conquered. Put it back. Hallelujah. Oh, the canker worm took this. Palmer worm took this. Here's the gifts of the spirit. Put them back. Put them back where they belong. The king decrees take these things back. And put them in the worship in the original where they belong because in order to worship like they did at the beginning you gotta have these things these were stolen from the temple and as the work begins to progress even though they're a small group and even though they're a hated group and even though there's opposition on every hand the king provides for them every step of the way Ezra 3:7 they gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the Sea of Joppa according to the grant that they had of Cyrus, king of Persia. He didn't send you here, send you on this journey, give you a commission and say, good luck. I hope you make it. Hey, it's the same God that opened the Red Sea. It's the same God that rained manna out of heaven. It's the same God that said, put a serpent on the pole, look and live. Your sickness he's provided for, your finances he'll provide for. You won't go down. You won't come up against something that he hasn't already thought of. He said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you every step of the way. When he sends you on a mission, he provides what you have need of to finish the mission. Oh, come on. Let's quit listening to the devil. Hell, oh, you're not going to make it. You can't do it. You're not going to overcome. Let me remind him, this is the king's work. This is the king's edict. He's the one that declared, go back. He's the one that declared, build it back up. He's the one that declared, this is how I want my church to operate. This isn't my idea. I'm operating under an edict from the king. Hallelujah. And even though others aren't going back, even though the majority of folks decided to stay in Babylon there, there is a drive in this small group that says we must rebuild. We must rebuild Jerusalem. We must rebuild the city. We must rebuild the temple. We must rebuild the wall. There must be a restoration. And with edicts from the king and with everything they need provided by the king, they returned and they began to rebuild. And as they returned to the original faith, to the original worship, it could not be mixed with other worship. It could not have other people's ideas mixed in. It couldn't be mixed with the theology of man. It couldn't be polluted with Babylon. It had to be free from denomination. It had to be pure just as it was at the beginning. Ezra 4.1 says, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you. We're all working for the same kingdom here. We seek your God as ye do. Now, right here, it lets you know they ain't on the same side. Because they didn't say, your God will be our God. They said, we seek your God. There's no identification with it, with it being theirs. As ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esauhuddin, king of Asser, which brought us up hither. You know, this seems reasonable. We need to get this rebuilt. Man, we can take all the help we can get. It seems reasonable. Reasonable got us in this mess to begin with in the Garden of Eden. Quit worrying about reasonable. what the words say? Quit worrying about reasonable. What'd God say? Quit worrying about reasonable. Wow, oh, here we are. Well, Brother Donnie, don't seem real reasonable. This decision seemed pretty harsh. Listen. God chooses his man, he puts him in place, and it ain't about what you think is reasonable. You're not going to answer for the decisions made behind this pulpit. You're not going to answer for it, but he will, so let him be led of God. We're going to move so quick now, away from that, sorry. Think about it, though. We'd love to help you. Sure, Brother Brandon, we'll support your meeting, but lay off the women. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll help get the tapes around. We'll help do that. We'll support the campaign. We'll give you all the financial help you need. But quit preaching that serpent seed doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Couldn't accept that help. Right. Couldn't take that help. Right. The word adversary here means a press or press someone hard so prior to the Jews returning to the homeland these are the people that had been the dominant rulers so what they see is as there's a message to return they recognize we're about to lose some of our people we're about to lose control over the people they're fixing to have a new wall and a new temple and we're not going to be able to control them anymore Oh, come on. Why do you think the devil fights so hard against you from getting the revelation of who you are and what you stand for and what you can do? He's about to lose control of the people. There's a people breaking free. There's a people saying, I don't got to stay here. That's my God. I'm going back. I won't stay here any longer. He's about to lose control of the bride worldwide. As we begin, gravity's losing its hold. We're taking our flight. Hallelujah. He's losing control of people hallelujah glory he's losing control of a people they don't want to lose their people so they offer a hand verse 3 but Zerubbabel and Jeshua the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them ye have nothing to do with us To build a house unto our God. Listen, I don't care if you like the way we worship. I don't care if you like the way our services go or what we preach. We're worshiping our God. You worship your God how you want. You have no part. Worshiping our God. This is our God. We worship him in spirit. We worship him in truth. He has freed us. He has loosed us. And we will worship him the way we want to worship him. But we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel. As King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. This return can't be mixed. I think y'all's clock's broke. you got some of them bad batteries he's talking about. It's got to be pure and unadulterated word because that's how it was at the beginning. It was pure. It was unadulterated. And when they find no compromise here amongst the Israelites, when they find that these are going to stay true to the king's edict, no matter what, then they begin to try to hinder the work. Well, there's a lot of hinderers. Amongst us. Verse 4, then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. Well, what does this mean? You know what this means. Did you hear what so-and-so said? Can you believe they're doing this at that church? Can you believe what Brother, Brother Daryl did? This? Can you believe
2: that?
0: Come on, I believe there's a lot of people that are mad that God didn't call them to preach so they take a pulpit anywhere they can get and spew their gospel. Try to hinder the work. If God would have wanted you to have a pulpit, he'd have gave you one. But you take your Facebook pulpit and your Instagram pulpit and whatever pulpit you can find and begin to spew all this nonsense and false doctrine, I don't care. There's a work to be done a restoration to be done. You keep spewing. I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing what the king's edict said. He said return. Go back. Build up. Amen. Verse 5. And they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus king of Persia even unto the reign of Darius king of Persia And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Church, one thing you can be sure of in this return is that you're going to face opposition. The enemy doesn't want to see you back in the homeland again. He doesn't want to deal with the power of God back in the church again. Oh, come on now. You read what happened to him in the book of Acts. He ain't wanting to deal with that no more. He liked it a lot better in the dark ages. Oh, you saw what he had to deal with in the ministry of William Branham. Now when you see a flesh bride begin to manifest the same things, he don't want to deal with that. So he tries to hinder the work. I can't let them recognize. I can't let them see what they're capable of. I can't let them get that true revelation of who they are. And so he raises opposition to the restoration And he tries to stop the work because, look, I know we call him a dumb old devil, but he knows how to read. And he understands that Israel cannot be blessed unless they're back in their homeland. And he recognizes that they can't receive the Messiah until they're in their homeland. And he recognizes there's a bride that as long as Babylon has a claim on her, then the rapture can't go. As long as they're stuck in tradition, as long as they're stuck in man's ideas, then they can't receive the Messiah. And he tries to keep you here. But I'm telling you, there's a people breaking loose. There's a people breaking free. This idea don't matter. That idea don't matter. The word matters. The standard matters. I'm returning to this. I'm going to be found standing in my place of restoration you find the same thing all down through Nehemiah we don't have time to go into it how they try to hinder the work but even Nehemiah he's not worried about the threats he's not worried about the accusations because he carries letters from the king that gives him the authority to do what he says he can do I'm not making this up, church. I got letters from the king that gives me the authority to say what I'm saying, to do what we're doing, to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick. We got the authority to put Satan under our feet. We got the authority to worship. We got the authority to praise. Prove it. It's right here. I brought my letter from the king today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's your right. It's the king's eating. Brother Branham says, and he's quoting a scripture and then he adds to it. He says, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all nations and from all the places where I've drove you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again unto the place which I caused you to be carried away captive back to Pentecost. Back. Yeah. Right. He says they were very religious. And so was those Pharisees, but Jesus said, "Except a man be born again. He will in no wise enter into the kingdom. You've got to go back to where we left him. Go back and find him, for these creeds was not so in the beginning. The denominational churches was not so in the beginning. So just drop everything and rush back to Pentecost. And find the true and the living God who heals the sick, who cleanses the lepers, who casts out devils, and claims to be in the Bible the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does this tell you? This tells me that the king has decreed that you can have exactly what they had at the beginning. You can have the same experience with the same authority and the same power. John 14, 12. The works that I do shall you do also and even greater. Every time Brother Branham, let me clarify that for nitpickers, most times Brother Branham lists the end time scriptures, he will include John 14, 12 in that list. He'll say Malachi 4, 5, 6, Luke 17, 30, Revelation ten seven, John 14, 12. It's an end time scripture. It's for you to fulfill. You've been restored back to that. It's a part we have to play. We can't just put it off and say somebody else is going to do it. There ain't nobody else coming. All right. We are the ones that are returning. We are the ones on the way back. It's our opportunity. It's our moment. It's our time to charge into the eternals. And Ezra, having turned down the help of the hybridized religion, now faces their attacks as they try to hinder and Cyrus is no longer on the throne, and for a time the new king is ruling, and they begin to write him letters. And here for a little while we're probably going to I read a good bit of scriptures, y'all just bear with me. Ezra 4:12: "Be it known unto the king that the Jews which came up from thee to us are come unto Jerusalem, building the rebellious and the bad city, and have set up the walls thereof and joined the foundation." Hallelujah. Be it known now unto the king that if this city be builded and the walls set up again, they will not pay toll, tribute, and custom, and so thou shalt endamage the revenue of the kings. Now listen. This is where they get themselves tied up. He goes on to say, search, make a search. Maybe a search may be made in the book of the records of thy fathers. So these are the ones trying to accuse the Jews. They tell the king, go search the records. Search the records. So that thou find in the book of the records and know that this city is a rebellious city. And hurtful unto kings and provinces. And that they have moved sedition within the same of old time. For which cause was this city destroyed? He says, listen. These are the same people that rebelled against you time after time. And if you allow them to rebuild, they're going to continue to cause trouble. They're going to be rebellious once again. Look in the records and see if these people weren't sinners. Go to the records and see if they haven't failed you, king, time after time after time. Go back into the records And see if these aren't the ones who went down into captivity and now they claim to be free. Now they claim to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now they claim to have a restored word. Search it out. Search the records. Who are they to rebuild anything? Who are they? This is the same church that fell away. They fell away once before and you're going to let them... Rebuild it. And for a time, it causes the work to cease. You know, all the things they said were the truth. Everything they wrote in the letter was facts. The facts were stacked up against them. But none of the facts changed the truth. That the king had made a decree that they were the ones that were supposed to go back and rebuild the city. Listen, you can take all your facts and you can stack them up how you want, and you still don't have the truth. Listen, fact was I was a sinner. Fact was I was lost. Fact was I was backslid. Fact was I was going to hell. But the truth is, he saved me. He set me free. Stack your facts up. I'll stand with the truth. The truth said, go back, rebuild. This is your city, this is your homeland. That was the truth. Is I'm sick. The truth is, he's my healer. It's a fact, my son and daughters out in the world. The truth is they're coming back. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, there had been false doctrines. Yes, Pentecost had failed, but the king said, I will restore. It. The king said you can have whatever you have need of to finish the job. Ezra 5, 1. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God Helping them. In response to the enemy trying to stop the restoration. God sends a prophet. And they begin looking to that message. And they look at the prophecy. And they say we ain't stopping. I don't care what the facts stacked up saying. My message says build. The prophets say build. I'm going all the way back to Pentecost. I'm going all the way back to the land. I'm not stopping short. And they begin to build. And there's a drive within them. There's a drive in the people today that says, I'm going all the way back to Pentecost. I'm not stopping. Amen. Oh, and the devil didn't like that. Yeah. Now, who do you think you are? So in verse 3, it says, At the same time came to them Tatnai the governor on this side of the river, and Shether and their companions, and said unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? And once again, they write to the king. Be it known unto the king that we went into the province of Judea, to the house of the great God, which is builded with great stones, and timber is laid in the walls, and this work goeth fast on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And prospers in their hands. I say, "Hallelujah." hallelujah. Then ask we those elders and said unto them, who commanded you to build this house and make up these walls? We asked their names also to certify thee that we might write their names of the men that were the chief of them. And thus they returned us answer, saying, We are the servants of the God of heavens and earth and build the house that was builded these many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and set up. But after that, our fathers had provoked the God of heaven under wrath. He gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this house and carried the people away into Babylon. But in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Babylon, the same king Cyrus made a decree to build this house of God. And the vessels also of gold and the silver of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple that was in Jerusalem and brought them into the temple of Babylon. Those did Cyrus the king take out of the temple of Babylon, and they were delivered unto one whose name was Sheshbazar, whom he had made governor. And he said unto them, Take these vessels, go carry them into the temple that is in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be builded in this place." Then came the same Bazar and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And since that time, even until now, it hath been in building, and yet it is not finished. Now therefore, now we're getting there. I know I've read a lot, but we're getting there. Now therefore, if it seem good to the king, let there be a search made in the king's treasure house, which is there at babylon whether it be so that a decree was made of cyrus the king to build this house of god at jerusalem and let the king send his pleasure to us concerning the matter we're going into chapter six now then darius the king made a decree and a search was made hallelujah of all the rolls where the treasures were laid up in babylon and there was found at Acmetha in the palace that is in the province of the Medes a roll. And therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus the king. The same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices. Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, and the height thereof threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof three score cubits, with great rows of great stones, and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house, and also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple which is at Jerusalem, and brought into Babylon, be restored, and brought again into the temple which is at Jerusalem, Every everyone to his place and place them in the house of God. Now, therefore, it's the governor beyond the river, Sheth Bazana and the companions of the Aparchisites, which are beyond the river, be ye far from thence. In other words, get away from these people. Quit bothering these people. This is my decree. Get back, get away. He says, let the work of the house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree that you shall do to the elders and these Jews for the building of this house of God. That of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men. I want you to pay them for this. I want you to pay them to build the house of God. Give them wages. And that which they have need of, both young bullets and rams and lambs for burnt offerings of the God of heaven. Wheat, salt, wine and oil according to the appointment of the priests which are at Jerusalem. Let it be given them day. By day without fail. God, I need a little something today. Here you go. Lord, I need healing today. Here you go. I need a touch today. Here you go. Day by day by day without fail. Lord, I need you today. Here's some more. I need you tomorrow. Here's some more. Every day without fail. Oh, hallelujah. Everything you have need of without fail. We're bringing this down. You want to stop this restoration? You want to tell me what I have a right to and what I don't have a right to? I say search the records. I say search the records today. You say we ain't supposed to go back to Pentecost? I say search the records. Oh, you shouldn't be doing all that dancing in the church. Who gave you the right to do that? I say, let's just search the records. Psalms 149 and 1. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. It's in the record. You have a right. It's in the records. Search it today. Search the
1: records. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Oh, we're not Pentecostals. We don't need all them tongues and dreams and such going on. Okay, let's search the records. Joel 2.28 And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Mark 16.17 And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's the king's edict in the records. It's yours. You have a right to it. You have a right to worship. You have a right to praise. You have a right to freedom. Enjoy your freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that ain't too comfortable with Babylon don't mind enjoying their freedom. Well, we don't believe in divine healing and laying on of hands. Well, according to the King's Edict, you're gonna be disappointed. Because he says in James five thirteen, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him that's the king's edict oh I like this too much I'm enjoying this too much what about all that shouting I understand that you don't like shouting in the chicken pen because it makes things dusty so just give me a minute i ain't gonna stay here long because i've heard a voice from another world what about shouting he says be glad in the lord rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy all ye that are upright in your heart it's in the record Well, do we still get the Holy Ghost? Just search the record. The promise is unto you and to your children, to as many as our Lord God shall call.
2: Hallelujah.
0: I'm going to have to. Y'all can sit down for minute. I'm going to skip to the end. I'm going to skip to the end so we can get this because this sermon had a point and I'm trying to get to it. Not everyone returned. Only the ones that God had moved upon their heart. But the ones that returned came because they wanted to worship Jehovah. The way that they were called to. And they wanted to be in the place that they were called to be in. They had to be where he had called them to be because there there was something moving them back. There was something driving them back. Something calling, come out of her, my people. Something on the inside. Turning their hearts back to the land of their fathers. Israel had to be established. Established. There was a word that prophesied there was a Messiah coming. He was to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem had to be there. The people had to be there. Jerusalem had to be rebuilt. The Messiah was to come there. Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt the foal of an ass. They had to return in order to receive their promise. They couldn't receive it in Babylon. But something drove them to return. They were driven. They had a mind to work. They had to be there. Things had to be ready and they worked. And they built to get back to what the original was. Ezra 3.12. But many of the priests and Levites... And the chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. Wept with a loud voice. They felt like they failed. It's not good enough. We saw, we saw what it used to be. It had such glory. It was so magnificent. This doesn't compare. This has fallen short. Haggai 2, one. It says, in the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedech, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? The Ark of the Covenant is not there. You're in my thumbs, not there. It didn't have the fire that had originally fell from heaven there. Verse 4. Yet now be strong. O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. What's he telling them? Just a little while, and the Messiah himself is going to be here. Just a little while, and the Messiah himself is going to walk in this temple. He says, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, don't worry about the silver. Don't worry about the gold. Don't worry about what you built. That all belongs to me anyway. What's going to make this house so full of glory is I'm going to walk in it. The Messiah is going to be dedicated here. He's going to preach here. He's going to move through it on a daily basis. His glory is going to fill the temple. And that's why they had to be in that place. Why did we have to come back? Why were we driven out of the denominations? Oh, we look around and maybe we don't compare to their grandeur. It's not as big. Lord, we tried. Lord, we've done the best we could with the message. We've stood. We're still standing. It's an evil day. We're doing our best, but it just don't compare. Look at that first age. Rugged men. Men who gave their lives. Men who died. Look at the miracles. Look what they've done, Lord. Amen. And He says, "But the crowning glory of this age, why did I have to come back? Because this is where the Messiah's coming. He's coming back to the original. He's coming back to the homeland, and the glory of this age will far exceed the previous ages, because we're going to receive the Messiah. We're going to receive the body change. and we' come back to receive. I have returned to receive and I won't stop short, I won't quit building, I won't quit proclaiming because this is where the Messiah is coming to take his original seed back home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Will you stand together with me? Hallelujah. How many can say I won't stop short? going all the way back I've been called to return so that I might can receive God bless you church (sighs)
3: hallelujah hallelujah Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Let's just raise our hands while we're in his presence. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God, we worship you today, Father. We bless your name, Lord, while we're in your midst, Father. We have searched the records today. Thank you for anointing our brother to take us into this journey of the word. To help us to search the records. Hallelujah. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and them that are far off even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. That includes me, friends. That includes you. Why? That's what the records say. Well, it ain't no more. It's not for this generation. And where does the record say that at? The denomination may say it, and we don't believe in that. We believe the records. How many believes the records today? This is what the king wants for his people. Deliverance, Holy Ghost, salvation healing hallelujah whatever you have need of right here today not just not just the visible audience but for the invisible as well satan attacking your body satan attacking your home maybe your marriage search the records see what god wants a marriage to be search the records. see what god wants you to be he wants to just be a church member Come in here and set and be frozen over and no moving under the Spirit of God at all. Well, if that's what the original church was, I'd say we become that. I'd say we just become cold and indifferent and formal, have no move of God. But there ain't nobody here today can show me that in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, I just read it to you a few weeks ago. Where well, the Jews said in the book of Nehemiah, it was said about the Jews, their enemies said it, Well, even if a fox goes up on that wall, they'll knock it down." That was their report. But Nehemiah said, "I'm up on the wall, I'm doing a good work, and I ain't coming down." We searched the records. That didn't stop them, so they sent some messengers out and said, Hey, why don't you come out here and meet us? They said, Well, where do you want to meet at? They said, We want to meet in a place called Ono. <laughs> Nehemiah said, Oh, no. I ain't going to Ono. Oh, <laughs> we searched the records today, and the devil said, You can't have the Holy Ghost. And we say, Oh, no, devil. You're done too late to tell us. We done got it. You can't see miracles. Oh, no, devil, we've done already seen them. Hallelujah! We're not going to, oh, no, we're going up this way where the power of God is calling a bride. Oh, hallelujah. It's nice to preach after a preacher. Oh, my, it been awesome today to be in the presence of the Lord. Thank you very Praise the Lord. We've got a brother today that's going to be baptized. and It's wonderful to see what the Lord has done in the life of our brother. And We're just so grateful and we're just rejoicing today. Brother Bobby and Brother Daniel Hayton will come, and I'll go up and baptize them. Brother Aaron, you come and lead them in a happy song. Amen. Wasn't that awesome? We want to get Brother Aaron to come back, don't we?
1: i'm gonna make it he's already Boney this morning.
3: search the records. And whenever Peter and them baptized people, they probably didn't have this dry minister baptistry. They didn't have a nice, warm place to baptize them. Might have been creeks, ponds, rivers, we don't know. There's been millions of them baptized the way we're fixing to baptize our brother. Because we've searched the records. We've not found anywhere in the entire New Testament where anyone was ever baptized using the titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So what we found was they used the precious name of Jesus. And we're so glad that we've been restored, aren't we? Back to that original word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as our brother sits in this water today, we're so thankful for what we see that you are doing in his life. One more stone that's being restored to the house of God Lord, it may not take but one more, 20, 15, and we don't know how many more there'll be. But one day the last stone will be brought into its place and the glory of God will fill the church in such a way The dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain will be changed. Dear God, as we baptize our brother today, I pray, Father, that you'd fill every fiber of his being with the Holy Ghost. Grant it, Lord. Brother Daniel. In obedience to his word. I baptize you today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: You enjoyed service this morning. Amen. Just appreciate once again all the visitors being with us. Amen. just so thankful for his move this morning. Amen. Still pulling on hearts. Still touching lives. Amen. He's still a healer this morning. He's still a way maker. Amen. Whatever, whatever needs in your life this morning, he, he has the answers for us. Amen. Have you enjoyed the services this weekend? The youth, once again. We just want to uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here this morning, this weekend with us. Just pray that the Lord has blessed your hearts. Amen. Don't forget the parents and the youth that will be on the bus to meet over in the cafe immediately after service this morning for a meeting with Brother Rob. If you could just remember that. Let's sing this little chorus to him this morning. Lord, send the rain. We'll sing it this morning. Lord willing, maybe Brother Louis will be back with us next weekend. Shaking his head, Yes. He, he snookers me in every Friday. <laughs> I get a text every Friday. <laughs> Amen. Hopefully Brother Louis will be back next weekend with us. Amen. Oh, Lord, we are the ones called by
1: your name. Oh, we humble ourselves now as we pray. Announcing every sin, and we. Let the...